All right, what's going on, everyone? And again, welcome to the Knowledge Boner Experience. I'm your host, Dylan Starr. Super excited to get started today and dive right into everything. And uh, for those that have been listening consistently, finally have my business partner back. Wally Wynn is is now finally back in the house and hasn't been on an episode in a while. Shame on you, Wally. What's going on, man? Oh, man, just just so busy. Just like been traveling and then, you know, different clients, all kinds of, you know, and you too, you've been busy also. I mean, it's just, you know, but you're the host of the podcast, so you have more responsibilities than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, su- su- super guilty of that, definitely. Yeah, it, it's been it's been a crazy past few weeks, um, you know, especially with, with sales going down and everything in June, which we, we covered a topic and um, uh, Wally's been doing his, his, his travel thing. Any, any changes with anything, Wally? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, biggest changes are, you know, uh, I'm doing a lot more copywriting. I think, you know, as of, as of more lately, you know, I'll you guys, especially if they follow us since the beginning, they kind of know that I was more on like the Facebook advertising side. Um, but actually now I'm being sought out as a copywriter, which is pretty interesting, um, as a transition for the business. So, you know, thinking about different models and how to kind of, you know, uh, adjust to that. Right. Because, you know, one of the biggest thing I've learned, like, especially lately is, you know, um, is a lot of times people try to sell stuff to people that they want to sell versus like people mm-hmm. that are trying to buy stuff from them. <laughs> so I'm like people that are already wanting and looking for something. So that's kind of me. That's kind of as, as a nutshell, that's kind of what I'm doing right now is looking at people who are saying, Hey, I'll take out my wallet and pay you for this. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. A lot, a lot of craziness that have been happening, but yeah, just kind of pivoting off that, that topic, you know, a lot that we talk about on the podcast for people listening in being aspiring entrepreneurs is, you know, we've always covered the different various ways of making money, right? And we've covered everything from email marketing to copywriting. Heck, we've had experts on here um, for agencies, right? Agencies have been really hot. Um, but today I'm really excited because we're going to cover a different topic, right? Really kind of diving into the e-com space and, and drop shipping. I'm sure a lot of the listeners here have, have been uh, introduced to this in some way, shape, or form or have heard about it. But we have an awesome special guest here today. Uh, her name is Emma, Emma Reed. And uh, super excited to, to hear her story. And she has done, gosh, in the past eight months at only 22 years old, she's done $500,000 in sales, which was 180K profit, 180K profit. So for those that are tuning in, I mean, how many of you would like to, you know, make $180,000 in only eight months at, at the age of only 22? That, that's pretty impressive. And uh, Emma, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Excited to share my story because I love talking about all of this. Yeah, yeah. Excited, excited to have you. So, you know, first and foremost, right, um, when, you, when you went on this endeavor, was it the first time you've ever been introduced to dropshipping? Were you like a brand new beginner or have you been dabbling in the field for a while? Well, I've actually been living off online income since I was 16. But the first time I got into dropshipping was back in 2016. That's when I started. Um, but I actually gave up to work on my own kind of handmade jewelry brand, uh, like in 2017. And then back in 2018, just recently, I actually took dropshipping to the next level and had my real success. Wow. So you started at 16 years old. Yes, that's right. And how, how did you get introduced to entrepreneurship and all this stuff? Like what really opened up that, that world for you? Well, it was probably all my video game playing when I was young. So when I was 11 years old, I was actually really obsessed with online games. And I don't know if you've heard of Habbo Hotel, but it was an 
an online game where you could um, buy and sell pixelated furniture and decorate your rooms and all of that. And in there, you could buy credits for the game at an actual like GameStop store. You had to go in, pay real money for the credits, the in-game currency. And I wanted more of that in-game currency and began uh, trading furniture, setting up little casino, <laughs> little casino gambling rooms just to get more of that currency starting like a I suppose a mini business and that's what brought me that's into awesome. this world. Wait, Dylan, yeah. Dylan, wait, hold that off for just a second, Emma. Dylan, did I not tell you this? That that the online gaming world, like cash shops and all that stuff, like that's been around for like forever. <laughs> you know, yeah, mon- like did. like mon- like monetizing apps, like how they do that, like with the with the video games apps. Like it's yeah. the cash shop system just applied to the application industry, dude. It's it's crazy. So she just validated exactly everything I said right there because she was <laughs> she was selling furniture and I was selling like, you know, like it was just other like free to play games, but I was selling like gold <laughs> or like, you know, in-game currency or like or like items in the game. So I totally get it. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. The entrepreneurship there for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, selling online marketplaces like that in games is really beneficial when you're young because it taught me so much about how it works and supply and demand and, and all of that. Wow. Okay. And, and so you were, you were doing that and you were also a gamer on the side, right? Like, like you're talking like Xbox, PlayStation, that, those type of things as well? Yeah, a bit of like Halo and, and all of that on the Xbox. And um, Age of Empires and all those old games as well. Oh, yeah. Those were the good old days. No, I I love (laughs) that. So, great. So, you had experience with, um, you know, trading the in-app currency, right? Making some money. And um, that was 16. And then you're playing video games. Oh, that was actually at at 11 years old. So, like, I was really young. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, And at, at 16, I moved on and started to like make some real money on like a real venture. That's when I started making actual money online. Okay. So yeah. So take us through that process, right? So then now you're 16 and then what happened? So um, I actually started a Tumblr blog just for something to do. And I was able to grow a bit of a following there and realized that everyone was kind of putting AdSense on their blogs. So when people would come to it, they'd, you know, get a little bit of money from that. Mm. But I realized they weren't actually making all that much, but it did give me an idea. Like there is traffic there. There is eyeballs. How could I use my blog, my following to try and, you know, earn a little bit of money? And I actually came across this app. So again, we go to like apps and uh, the apps monetizing all of that and it's called Feature Points, where you could sign up and download other apps to get points and then redeem that for credit, like PayPal money or anything mm-hmm. like that. And the more people you refer to that app, the more um, you get like 50% of their total earnings. So everything that they do, every app that they download, you get that money you get 50 percent of that and i referred affiliate marketing basically yeah affiliate marketing basically that's how i started this um and i actually in about six months i got thirty thousand people to sign up and i was earning off off their lifetime earnings on the app so that was around 
60 grand total in profit with no expenses wow. at all. That's just that free traffic. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was so awesome. What, so what, so, okay, let's pause that for a moment. Right. So that happens. Yep. You're only 16 years old. What are your, what are your parents thinking about all this at, at this point in your life? What are they saying about all this? Well, mom was actually encouraging it because we actually made a website together when I was around six or seven. So she was all into all that kind of stuff and just being kind of different, like going against the grain sort of thing. Um, yeah, that was supportive. I love it. That's awesome. Okay. So supportive parents, no friction there. That's, that's awesome. Supporting you and your Yeah. Dreams. That's, that's like the stark, like, like opposite of most entrepreneurship journey. Dylan, what does your mom say to you? Your mom still poke fun at you. <laughs> she still take jabs at you. <laughs> Not anymore because I'm actually I'm making money. But yeah. before up to that point, yes. <laughs> oh man, my mom, my mom. It's funny like even now, like my my brother just got back from seeing my mom, and uh, and and yeah, he was telling me that my mom was still taking jabs at me, like when I wasn't there. I was like, man, I was like, come on. <laughs> that's funny. No, that's awesome that they support you though. It's kind of weird though because you know, were Emma, were your parents entrepreneurs? Like, did they, did they have their own businesses and stuff too? Nope, I was pretty much the first in my family to kind of start that so I ah. had like no mentors or anything like that I just went out on my own with the power of the internet gotcha that, that's actually even more awesome because you know a lot of times um you know parents that are like my parents were entrepreneurs right so whenever you know they they were successful they didn't want me to like go through the same stuff that they went through you know struggling you know all that stuff that entrepreneur. You know the, the all the all the things that they tell you that happens in an entrepreneurship journey. They didn't want that for me, so they wanted me to yeah, be a doctor. Understandable. Yeah, they wanted so they wanted me to be a doctor. So that was kind of like the main thing with them. So whenever I decided to be an entrepreneur, they're like, "Oh no, like let's stifle that. Let's tell them to be a doctor over and over and over again. Go back to school." You know. And yeah, that's that seems to be like a lot of people's situation. I've noticed mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool to hear something that on the other side, like somebody was actually supportive. I, I'm glad that you got to thrive in your situation. You'd have to deal with the crap that most people have to deal with. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, not just that. It's just the fact that I, I love at, at such a young age, right? You know, you're only 11 years old and you're, you're still willing to, you know, not even not even going to know what the outcome is. You're just testing, right? You know, just saying, hey, what's, what, what happens if I do this, right? If I fail, whatever. But you, you, you recognize an opportunity, you took advantage of it, and regardless, just to see what happened without that, you know, that fear. And, and I can tell you just for, from experience, right, you know, my background would be in closing and sales. One thing that I pick up on, especially closing and talking to other entrepreneurs, is I can tell the mindset shift of people I'm talking to that holds them back. And most people want to know, you know, what's every possible outcome that can happen. They ask very detailed questions of, well, you know, well, what about this? What's the risk factor and this and that? And, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, in my mind, I'm just like, what do you mean? What's the risk factor? Like, just, just do something. What do you mean? Just take action, just test shit. Like people won't do it. And here you are at 11 years old, you know, just being like, ah, cool. What the heck? And you know, then you start getting a taste for success and you start implementing more and you're already interested in scaling. Right. And then you're yeah. fast forward now. That's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. The key really is to just test a lot of shit and throw shit out the wall and see what sticks because you know you're not going to know the end result it's all in your head mm -hmm. if you're just like overthinking things uh analyzing it and being trapped in that analysis paralysis it's yeah. it's not a good way to live no 100 percent. so 
Okay, so let, let's keep moving down the timeline because this, this is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm getting excited. Um, so you, you get to the point where you, you make like $30,000, right? You're using, you're using your blog, you're using AdSense, you're kind of getting some traffic going, okay? Uh, and then, the, so what happens next? How do you eventually pop into uh, drop shipping? So it was actually 60000 uh, just to correct you there. But nice. um, after that, I guess I actually got banned from Tumblr because you know, you're not supposed to advertise on their platform and in in that particular way at the time. Mm -hmm. But I didn't, I didn't know that. I was just, you know, as I said, testing shit. Um, It (laughs) is is important to make sure that you're not just relying on someone else's platform for all of your income, because I went from making lots of money to nothing. And that was really demotivating. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then didn't do anything for like a year. So like that set me back. But after that, I just got back into it and started testing a lot more stuff. I got into um, affiliate marketing more and had some blogs that were raking in some money. Um, What else did I do? Uh, I was doing domain flipping. So I was buying domain names and selling those to other people so reaching out to people who would buy them or putting them on marketplaces like brand par and and all that like selling brand names and then i moved into drop shipping after that really so i started up a store in 2016 and uh, at the time i was working my first real job so i was a receptionist for about six months and that's the only job i've ever had still to this day so (laughs) I actually got really bored of it and started up another side project which was a fitness blog and that turned into drop shipping after I had learned about drop shipping on um, Black Hat World there was a post by Franklin Hatchett about the best forum ever by the way she just dropped some she just dropped the biggest (laughs) gold nugget that I've ever heard if nobody I mean I would never drop that but guys if you go on Black Cat World, your life will change. I'm just saying. All right, go ahead. So much, so much opportunities to see on there. Not that I usually do Black Hat, but like just to see what everyone's doing and, you know, drop shipping at the time. He he was kind of the one that made it go viral. There was this whole massive thread, and I just got obsessed with it. I read everything there was to read at the time, and decided to set up a online store on my WordPress blog this, the same week mm-hmm. and I got a sale mm. that same week and that mm. just validated the whole idea for me. Like You're like, like well, if I, I get one just, sale, then I can get that. I can repeat that sale over and over and over again. Yep. Yeah. It, it's like, well, this, this thing works. Um, online stores is the way to go. Why am I busting my ass on this blog that's not going to make real money for a while? when I can get sales now doing this. So mm. I just put all of my focus into that and away it went. So, and, and, and so let, let's talk about that for a moment because I know a lot of people that get into e-commerce, they get into drop shipping, Shopify, right? And the biggest frustration for most people is even just getting that first sale. And, but even ones when they do, right, you get that one first sale. Um, how did you kind of get over that pivotal point? Because I think what holds a lot of people back is even when they do get the first sale, they, they, 
you know, they don't know what the next steps are of how to really scale it and how to, you know, to duplicate the process and improve onto it. So it's multiple cells to make it more consistency, right? Did the consistency for you happen like fairly quickly or was there still kind of, um, you know, a, a block you had to go through after getting that first cell to getting that, that domino effect going? Uh, it did happen fairly quickly, but there was a struggle because how I was getting the sales that wasn't through ads. So I sent an email to my small email list of 50 subscribers and I got the sale from that. But then I started promoting in Facebook groups, like the trend at the time, um, we weren't really doing, weren't really running Facebook ads at the time. Um, Frank's strategy was to comment in blog posts and on Facebook groups, you know, pretending to be this customer that had just bought the product and showing everyone else how cool it was. And, and <laughs> group all of that. group that, hacking. That I like it. Group yeah, hacking. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Organic group sales. Yeah. Mm. Pretty much. Um, and I got quite a few sales from that, but you know, that's only so scalable to a point because it's you like going in manually and doing all that. And there's only so many groups and you have to have multiple different accounts to do it with. So that you're just not known as this one spammer and get banned out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the next step was how can I get a lot more eyeballs? And the solution was ads. But I didn't know anything about ads at the time. Uh, so it was a bit of a learning curve to get in, learn the Facebook platform and all of that. But, you know, the key was just testing. So I got in there. I started testing. I was like, well, I know who my audience is because I've been talking to them with these organic sales. So I set up the targeting and probably, I think it probably took about a week to find like a good section of the audience. Um, I used free plus shipping offers, which was again, the rage back at the time. It's still the rage now. It's still the rage. Yeah, true. It still works. (laughs) It still does, but a little more complicated these days. Um, yeah, so I got into the ads and started doing all that and that free plus shipping offer just took off. It must've been just the, the right targeting, the right time and just this like eye catching image. And I was getting conversions for a dollar and that's just insane. If you think about it now, like it's hard to get conversions for under $10 these days unless you're doing something like messenger bot strategies and just have a really good funnel. Mm -hmm. So I was getting conversions for $1 a pop and it kind of just took off and went a bit viral and that everything was going great until my supplier decided to not ship the orders. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rookie mistake. Oh man. So, so you had all these sales and stuff and then it was the supplier just didn't fall through. So what, what happened next? How'd you, what'd you have to do? So there was 300 um, orders that were technically fulfilled, but the supplier had just put in like a bogus tracking number and Mm -hmm. it didn't, didn't update for two weeks. I didn't realize this because at the time, you know, you just focused on getting the sales, getting the sales, scaling it up. And if you're really new to it, you don't realize that the back end is the most important thing, that the customer is actually getting their product. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you start to get all these um, chargebacks and complaints. 
And that's exactly what happened to me. So the, the customers started swarming my inbox like bees and I couldn't really do anything about it because there was no one else selling that product on AliExpress and it had been like kind of too late to, you know, tell them, oh, I'll wait and I'll like figure something out. I would have had to, um, looking back now, the way to fix it would have been um, giving them a 20% off refund and ordering it in bulk from Alibaba and kind of shipping it myself or contacting an agent in China that could have um, organized it all fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I didn't really, you know, have that experience to know that. And I ended up just refunding everyone because I was sick of it. And that was the end of that. I was out the, the ad costs, the product costs, and now I've had to refund everyone the revenue that I made. So I was pretty much in the negative See, at, no, that, this at is, that stage. This is the shit that I love talking about because every person that I talk to that's had like a lot of success even the results you have, they always have horror stories to go along with it. And that's what yeah. I want people to understand listening to it. Cause everyone thinks that, that just shit just goes so perfect. It goes so smoothly. And it's like, no, the people that make it through in the end are the ones that, that have like the worst possible things that you can think of like happen. Right. They have the horror stories and they, they still pivot, adapt and move forward and bounce and, and get through it. And, and, and one thing I'm sure you said, right. With your past blog, um, I, I know a lot of people that are in the um, e-com space that did affiliate marketing in the past. I know some people that were doing uh, millions, millions of dollars on Amazon and millions of dollars in affiliate marketing. And they said within, within a snap of a finger, all it takes is Amazon deciding that A, that they don't, they're not going to accept that product anymore. And then they're, literally their entire business overnight was gone. And the same thing with affiliate marketing, right? They said all it takes is just just something, them not having the product anymore, them just cutting you off for whatever reasons because they're just making changes and your entire livelihood is dependent on them, right? Uh, and then so everyone I talked to the e-com space, they pivoted over because A, they own the resources, they own the email list. So they kind of have more control, right? But it's just horror story after horror story. And here you are going through that, right? Having lots of success, you know, now, now you're there. And most people in your shoes, right? Hey, let's call it what it is they quit they would have been done they'd have been like oh crap like you know this didn't work out and blah 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 so you can only imagine how you're feeling at that time so so what did you do next and how'd you get over that hump yeah exactly so I did actually quit for a while I was like uh, I should have learned from my um experience with tumblr how they banned me and everything disappeared overnight now here I am again with a similar experience I, I didn't really learn from that until later until it happened again but I was like, okay, well, I'm sick of this. <laughs> I don't like all these angry customers. I want more control over the product. So I actually decided to go into my own kind of handmade brand using mm-hmm. some of the ideas from that, that online store, using like in the same niche, the same kind of product, but I've just taken it and tweaked it and customized it into something that I could make myself. So more control over the product, started shipping it myself, um, more control over the supply line. And that, that went great. I was really happy. The audience was passionate. It was something that I was passionate about at the time. But there was limitations to it because I was hand making the product myself and mm-hmm. I was doing all the shipping. So I was struggling to scale. Uh, and if I could have went back, I would have 
you know, outsourced a lot of stuff and started hiring. But again, I, I just didn't have the experience or the confidence to, you know, kind of do that at the time. Um, and I did that on and off for about a year and a half, maybe two years or so, making some money here and there, but nothing crazy. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm sick of this now. Like I could go and grow this, but maybe let's just test drop shipping again, just one more time and see what I can do on the side. Uh, while I, you know, try to figure out where I want to take this other business. And I set up a new store um, with all the knowledge that I'd learned from, you know, building passionate audiences around my handmade products and all that experience. And I found the customers, created like this really good message that I had a hunch they would, you know, really relate to and convert. And I set up the ads and with, within an hour, I got another sale, like my first sale with that dropshipping business. So I just sat there like, wow, this could be something. Let's just duplicate these ads and see where it takes me. And I did. And what do you know? Another sale and another sale and another sale in the next hour. So I stayed up all night just like messing with the ads. And it just just kept going. And in the first week, I made what I had been struggling to make for a year, like which was, I think, $10,000 profit with this handmade business. And I made that in a week with the dropshipping business. So it just took off from there and I kept scaling it. And that's, that's how I, I got to where I am now. Wow. And so you scaled that, ended up doing 500K in sales, eight months. Um, yep. So... When you're in that position, right, and, and flash forward now, so pretty much everything that you've learned has been, is it all been self, self-taught self just through online, like said, blogs and articles and teaching yourself? Pretty much, yeah, learning from trial and error. Um, I didn't really start, you know, connecting with people online and telling them about what I was doing until recently. So all of that, that, that scaling was kind of just, you know, learning by myself. That's crazy. That's it. That's so interesting too. So, so at no point in time you ever thought just um, of like getting an online course to, you know, obviously when you hit hiccups or scaling or, or, or hiring somebody, a mentor or a coach that possibly already had a Shopify store, you didn't go that route at all. I thought about it, but I had made it so far at that point that I was kind of just happy to figure it out on my own. Like I was really enjoying the learning, the learning curve. Not many mm-hmm. people actually like kind of enjoy that they kind of find it you know demotivating to have to keep going back to the drawing board and like figuring out things themselves but it was just really driving me like once you reach a goal you're kind of like wow I wonder what I can do next on my own like this Mm. is this is insane what's the next level let's like 10 times it and (laughs) (laughs) and away I went Okay. And, and so with the goal of how much you generated, obviously, with this, this store alone, um, yep. did you ever have that written out as a specific goal or were you just kind of just, you know, scaling it and scaling it, scaling it? So I did um, have a goal of 100K, like uh, earning like 100K revenue in a month. Mm-hmm. And I got that. I reached that goal in, I think it was November 2018. That's probably my only actual goal that I had was to just do 100K in a month. Before that, I was just seeing how far I could take it. 
Wally, this girl's dangerous, man. No mentors, not even specific goals, already doing this amount. She's going to end up being specific one day and then turning this into like half a billion in sales. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I you know, I, I was telling her like some, some different drop shipping business models that, that I've encountered, um, you know, on, on my, on my journey, because, you know, one thing is that, you know, she is obviously very suited to for skill set, Right. But then I think on the other side is that because she's, she's somebody that's just, that just like figures out and tests that, um, that she could have found out about a model, like a different model on the way, but not to say that she didn't blow it up. So I, I think it's awesome either way. Like I, I, I am totally, in, you know, I'm their biggest fan. <laughs> Thanks, I'll, I'll follow you for, I'll follow you forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it really is. It's, it's incredible. Right. The, the fact, especially at your age, right. You know, you're still so young and there's you have so much potential obviously to go, um, so what's the what's the next goal? What's your vision and, and what's the next step? Like, you know, what, what do you want to do next? Well, I kind of want to do something that I get more meaning from. So like selling mm-hmm. physical products is good and all, but what's kind of next? And I think I'm finding that by actually posting about my story and doing these podcasts and getting it out there, trying to help other people. So I would like to do like um, maybe some group sessions or make a course or whatever, but I don't want to just do the same as all the gurus. Um, If the audience wants that, then I'm for it. Uh, And then as well as that, I want to try to work on a real kind of brand like e-commerce store, like white labeling or maybe developing my own product on Kickstarter and try to see if I can get to that, you know, multi-million dollar level um, and see where that takes me. That's awesome. And and what, what's your niche right now with your store? My niche right now is um, artists. Artists. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So my mom's an artist and the product that I'm testing right now is actually something she bought from AliExpress. And received it in the mail and showed me. And I was like, wow, that's genius. Why is no one selling this? So away, yeah, away yeah, it went. That's fine. And it's like, oh, well, now I will. Yep, yep. <laughs> I grab um, anytime my girlfriend's on her phone and she swipes on Facebook. Uh, if she's going down and she pauses, she'll stop on an ad. She'll click on it. And uh, whether it's a video or anything, or she'll go to the product page. I'll snatch her phone. I'll be like, stop right now. Don't move. Let me see that ad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'll, read, I'll read the copy and I'll look at the product and I'll see what they're pricing it. And then I'll pull up AliExpress and I'm like, ha, found it. Like, damn it. The margins are so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if she's interested in it, you can be like, okay, so why did this catch your attention? And, you know, ask her questions and yeah. all of that. that mm-hmm. That's what I did with my mom. I was like, so why, do you, why did you buy this? Um, and, and all of those questions just to see um, mm-hmm. how I could sell it, what the good selling points were. And that was my audience research, really. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. No, I love it. it, it it's, it's a direct audience, too. It's yeah. Perfect, it's a perfect kind of, of, kind of way. Because, like, us as marketers, we like to think that we know why people buy stuff, which is true. Like, psychologically, there are certain, certain things that are the same. But you might have found out that, that, that the reason that they bought that product was because it made them, it, it makes them not look fat. Or it makes them, like, uh, you know, feel better because it's color blue. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you'll find out some of the most bizarre things like you're doing product research and, and that'll be what sells us. And no, that's really good. Yeah. You, I, I you, like, that's a good you, tip too. You really get into their like heads as, as you were saying. Yeah. 
yeah, understanding the customer avatar, all that good stuff. It's yes, just... important. And a lot of people that are drop shipping don't even do that, which is no. insane. <laughs> so so for those that are they're listening in and they're probably like, okay, that's great, but if I want to do this, you probably have to have a lot of money to get started. Um, you know, w- when you started this new store, right, how much capital did you really start with? Like ten dollars. no joke no joke um so my dad was always you know a penny pincher or tight ass or whatever you want to call it so I kind of got that mindset and you know I didn't want to spend all this money because you know what if it didn't work out you know you've all experienced that Mm -hmm. Um, afraid of failing and losing all your hard-earned money so I just wanted to see I always look for opportunities where I can start with very little capital. And that's why drop shipping, you know, is a really good opportunity. Um, I spent hours researching how I could actually start with basically nothing. And I found a way to do it. And that was um, Shopify developers. So you can actually go in and create a store, pretend you're creating it for someone else, like you're a store developer creating it for a client and sign up there. And then you have a free trial for as long as you want, as long as it's under 50 sales. So if you get 50 sales on the store, then you have to start paying for it. Wow. What a heck. All you need is a domain name. Wow, I've never heard my of that. My brain is blown so bad right now. <laughs> oh my <bomb>. gosh. <laughs> knowledge boner right yeah, here. Knowledge yes. boner. Right knowledge boner. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh man. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so, so, what was yeah, that site you said? Um, Shopify developers. Shopify developers. Yeah, yeah Shopify developers. <clears throat> yeah. So, instead of a free trial, you can basically give yourself your own free trial. Which is that awesome. is the only place I've ever heard that. I have watched every drop shipping, everything that you could possibly ever know. You know why? And I spent more time than while I was that. <laughs> you know why? Because of course, of course, I want to know. <laughs> the, they always get affiliate commission if you sign up for the trial under their link. So that's why people don't say that there is a free way, and most of them don't even know either. Yeah, man, I'm so upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, with your store and your product, are you going? Are you doing everything through the Shopify platform, or do you have any funnels running as well? Um, it's all through Shopify. I haven't okay. even experimented with like click funnels and all of that yet. So, it's such a winning product. I guarantee you, if she gets like a funnel going, she's probably going to kill it even more. That's nuts. Yeah, man. yeah. Wow. That, that's crazy because, you know, right now we have a lot of uh, our, our team that, that we have. We close for big influencers that are in the e-com, you know, the, the kind of the gurus you're speaking of. Yep. Um, they're selling a lot of stuff, e-com courses and stuff like that. And, you know, they have funnels and all that stuff in the back end. And you know, here you are just straight Shopify, $10. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you, can, you can get started with absolutely nothing as long as you're not – you know, wanting to do it like really quickly and, you know, jump into the ads all fast because you need capital for ads. But if you're going through organic traffic methods and you really want to do like, like dive deep into your audience, learn about them and try to get some sales that way, then those sales fund your future ad spend. So you just leave it all there. Don't spend anything until you build up that capital to, you know, start scaling slowly with ads. Okay. And it's it's all self-funding. You can do it, like I said, for $10. Wow. 
So what what's different this time in terms of fulfilling all the orders in the first time when you didn't have the orders being shipped out? What changed? So first off, I have a better supplier. So I formed mm-hmm. a good relationship with someone. And I also have backup suppliers. So if they ran out of stock, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. backup suppliers, you need to make sure to have those. Um, so if I ran out of stock, I would just order from um, the other supplier. And as well as that, I actually moved on to fulfillment centers for a while there. Back in Q4, when things were getting crazy, I actually sent some bulk stock to fulfillment centers to really increase the shipping time because everyone was buying for Christmas. And if you can't deliver for Christmas, you get a whole lot of angry customers. So I was actually... Yeah, and to... a lot of pushback, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So like I had some foresight. Like I know I know that the shipping's going to take so long. If they're actually buying this for a gift, then you need to, you know, speed that up a bit. Mm. So moving on to fulfillment centers after you've proven your concept is a great way to really scale. But I only did that after... I think it was 300000 in revenue. So the rest of that came from fulfillment centers. And, and, how do you, and how does one find fulfillment centers? Well, there's plenty online. You can just do a quick Google search and you'll come up with a bunch of different ones. Um, the difference is some are like, uh, yeah, the costs are different and, and all of that. And you just have to do your research. Any mm. of them kind of works. Uh, the one I went through is fulfillment.com. So they have fulfillment uh, warehouses in the US, Australia, and Europe. I think that's the three main locations. Gotcha. So basically, what is the supplier that you have, like overseas in China? They're just um, loading up, you just buy products in advance and have them in the fulfillment centers, and the fulfillment center sends it to the customer? Yep, pretty much. Nice. Uh, okay. You can also ask the supplier if they are going to set up their own U.S. warehouse. Mine actually ended up doing that, but since I was already doing it with a fulfillment center, it worked out a bit cheaper. But some AliExpress suppliers, especially if you're getting a lot of orders, will actually consider opening up their own kind of shop in the U.S. to ship the product out faster for you. So there's always those kind of opportunities as well. Okay, so now we're getting some good knowledge. We're getting some huge knowledge bombs right now, okay? Because I know a lot of people that want to get into it. And this is stuff that people don't talk about, right? So if someone's brand new, they're listening right now, and they're saying, okay, this is great. I'm thinking about doing this. Um, They set up the Shopify store. And then, of course, the next thing is, you know, you go to AliExpress or, you know, there's an integration of an app called Oberlo, right? What's the best way to find... Um, a good supplier, like what route would you say for a brand new beginner to, to find a good supplier that you know you're going to have a good relationship so there's no horror stories and to know that, you know, A, you're getting a good deal and, and to build that relationship? So I actually look for their ratings and see how long like, I go and do. My initial research is I go and find all the suppliers that have some reviews on the product. So they've actually shipped that product before. And then I look at them all, vet them all and see what their seller rating is. Is it above like 4.7 out of 5? And have they been on AliExpress for years? If they've only Mm. just started like this year, then it might be a little bit sketchy. Some of them are okay though. 
Uh, and then the next step, I would message them, see how fast they get back to me, see if they actually understand what I'm talking about. You know, do mm-hmm. they speak English? And, you know, ask them a couple of questions about how fast they usually ship the orders out and all of that. And then I will go on a second account and, you know, it's usually narrowed down to like two or three different ones. And then I'll actually order the product from those two or three different suppliers and see how fast it gets to me. So there is a bit involved if you really want to, really want to vet them out. Um, After that, if you have a good supplier, you find someone that is reliable, you've found to be reliable, they're shipping orders on time, they contact you when there's problems along the way, like if the if customs has returned it or anything like that and you form a good relationship with them then any other products that you sell you can ask them hey do you know where to find this can you source it and ship it out for me because i want to start selling this one too and then Mm -hmm. you can just use them for all your future products if you Mm -hmm. like that's so smart because I know um, we, we you know talking to people in the industry when you get to the super super high level of scaling, um, the, uh, what I've what I've heard from people doing like hundreds of millions um, when it comes to products is that from a lot of the sellers on AliExpress that there's they're not like the direct they're almost kind of like they're still like layered in as middlemen and they yeah. get to the people that are the actual producers of them is like you have to go to an event in China, meet them face to face, very competitive. You have to be able to do crazy, insane amounts of bulks to get down to that level of, um, of a deal. Right. And, and huge bulk offers to cut the middleman out for like the crazy margins on, on, on hard, uh, large, large orders is what I've been told from. Yeah. So you're talking that. about ordering direct from like the manufacturer, you mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so we, when I bulk ordered, I just, ordered from my supplier and then I ordered from Alibaba where you can uh, sometimes it's direct to the factory sometimes they're middleman too on Alibaba you mm-hmm. never really tell until like you said you actually you know go to China and meet with them and see the factory and all of that uh, you can also get an agent so someone that's basically the same as an AliExpress supplier, they're a middleman too, but they can kind of source the product for a little bit cheaper and, you know, handle all the shipping and stuff just for you instead of them having their own store on AliExpress. I've never gone down that that route because I ship to fulfillment centers, but that's another thing you can do as well. I love it. I love it. That, that's, that's awesome. And, and so are, are you still self? Are you still just, just you yourself doing everything or do you have a team now? Yeah, it's still just me. I really need to look into getting a team. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, mistake number one, learn from yeah. it, build a good relationship. Mistake <laughs> number two, nope, still self. <laughs> just enjoying I, I my know, money right? to myself. I love it. <laughs> yeah, to actually take it to the next level, I'm going to have to look at like forming a team and, and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. that will be exciting to learn. No, absolutely. And, and, and you have any type of, you know, what, what, what final advice or anything would you say to just someone listening right now that maybe they just want to do it part-time, build a side income, you know, what would you say to them if they're just brand new to all this? Really just test a lot of shit. That's, that's usually what I tell people. You just have to get out there and start learning. 
because, as I said before, you're never going to know what works unless you learn. Um, It does help to join Facebook groups. So there was a ton that I was in where, you know, I guess maybe that was kind of my mentorship kind of thing, how I would talk to a few different people. But I, I really was only active in those when I was pretty much already scaled to the the big levels, just getting some further info. But when mm-hmm. you're a beginner, it is good to go into those groups and learn from other people, see what works for them, DM them, ask them questions and get involved in the space. And that's how you get your good ideas. That's how you can get some good ideas if you're really new. That's awesome. And uh, what's, what's your favorite book? My favorite book? Mm-hmm. That would have to to be the slight edge i haven't heard of that one is that an entrepreneurial book it's really good (laughs) that one's really good yeah Yeah, it's really good it's basically about you know your mindset and all the little habits that you Mm -hmm. have um so it's about all the little things that you do every day really contribute and add up and compound into who you're going to be in the future. It's like your slight, so, it's like your 75 hard challenge you're doing right now, Dylan, but basically in book form, yeah. they just call yeah, it the like slight that. edge. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. All right. I, lo- I love, I love that. And the reason why I asked that is because you're a, a, you're making money and B you're, you're successful. So that leads me to C. I know you read books. <laughs> well <laughs> funny story there i only started reading books uh a few months ago so <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no way. that's awesome you can do it without reading books as well <laughs> <laughs> but no, hi- for, highly for, highly recommend reading though i'm for, i'm learning a lot from yeah, it. for everybody listening to this podcast plug your ears she didn't say that while you edit that <laughs> edit, <laughs> don't edit it <laughs> 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 no, man, that, 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 Hey, that's, that's amazing. I mean, what you've done is, is absolutely, um, you know, absolutely incredible. Um, and for those listening, you know, if you guys do want to learn more about this and if you do want help and I always tell people, right, when you're, when you're with somebody who's going through it, they're actively doing it. Uh, it's the best time to learn it and get started. So if you guys do want to follow her, uh, and reach out, if you guys have any questions or possibly get into this field, where, where can people follow you at? Um, I'm most active on Instagram, so at real Emma Reed. So real as in I'm real. Um, <laughs> and I have a YouTube, which is the, the same name, and a website, www.emmareed.com. So you can reach out to me on any of those platforms and see the, the knowledge that I'm putting out. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So guys, definitely, if you're tuning in, definitely follow her. No, no excuses. 11 years old, 11 fucking years old, 22 now, 180K profit in eight months. Come on. What are we doing? You make me, I don't even want to sleep tonight. Like, I need to go, I feel like I need to go do more shit. I know, literally, you know, whenever, whenever I met Emma, I saw her online. I was just like, and then I I was like, you know, it's funny, Dylan. She posted one thing about anime or like gaming. And then I was like, all right, I have to like meet this person. So I sent her a message. And then I was like, and then I was just like, after hearing her story, I was like, oh my gosh, I do nothing right now. I, I need to like reevaluate <laughs> things. <laughs> and she likes, and she likes anime and gaming. Come on, where, where, where all the, where all the good female entrepreneurs out there that like anime and gaming at? I need to, I need to migrate to Australia. <laughs> if there's anyone like there out 
Uh, sorry. If there's anyone like me out there, female that likes gaming, likes e-commerce, please reach out to me because I'm looking for them too. <laughs> I, need, I need some more females to talk to. <laughs> That's how rare. There you have it. That's how rare. It, that confirms how rare of a breed it is, Polly. That's all confirmations complete right there. That's awesome. But hey, no, that, that, that's awesome. And and guys, you know, in, in closing, if you want to learn anything else related to this, make sure you're following her. If you want to hear more stuff like this, anything related to leads, closing sales, guys, go to facebook.com, type in leads, closing sales in the search bar, join the Facebook group. Okay, join the Facebook group community. We're going to have a lot of awesome stuff coming on. I mean, hell, if, if you guys get into e-commerce, maybe we can have them in here hop in the group and do a live stream or something just to give some value to the group. That'd be really awesome. Uh, make sure you're following her. And Walla, do you have anything in closing, bud? Uh, no, guys. I think, you know, I, I th- the biggest thing I, I think I take from Emma is just that, you know, holy crap, like the world, there's opportunity out there. Like even for people that are like, you know, drop shipping stupid and you've never made a dollar before. And then you, 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 you're like, you listen to somebody like this and then you think that you're stupid, right? So I'm just saying like, you, maybe you haven't tried hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can learn anything if they put their mind to it. Maybe That's what tried. my mom taught me. <laughs> Absolutely. well hey, hey it was a pleasure having you here emma thank you so much for your time and uh yeah yeah th- thanks for sharing your story with the audience and for everyone tuning in we will see you guys on the next episode of the knowledge boner experience